Hi there, friends, and welcome on the first episode of Desktops in the Cloud, your new technical-driven video podcast with guest speakers from Microsoft Engineering and as well the worldwide virtual desktop communities. And if you're interested in participating in an episode, feel free to ping us on our social media or our website, desktopsinthecloud.com. So for the first episode, we have the great privilege to have Ken for Brad as our first guest, the group program manager of the Windows Virtual Desktop team. So hi, Cam, how are you? I'm, I'm doing great today. It's, it's awesome to be here. Thank you for having me. So can you tell the viewers uh, something more about yourself and your role within Microsoft? Sure. So uh, I'm a bit of an old timer at Microsoft. I started back in 1998 working on Internet Explorer 5. Uh, and at the time, that was uh, you know, an exciting new upstart technology we had. Uh, and over the years, I've worked on a number of different products. Uh, I worked in user experience in the consumer space for a while. I spent uh, about a decade, a little more than that, uh, working in, in graphics, working on DirectX and uh, our AI platform in Windows. And then earlier this year, uh, right there in January, I moved over to lead the Windows Virtual Desktop team. So it's been a wild ride, but um, super excited and having a lot of fun. And so I always like to hear like the story behind people that joined Microsoft. So how did you eventually came into Microsoft? Can you tell something about that? Sure. So, um, it's, I, it, so Microsoft is actually the only place I've ever worked in my entire life. Uh, I uh, came right out of university. I was uh, a Microsoft intern the summer before I started. Uh, and at the time, I worked on a product called FrontPage. Uh, those of you might remember, it was a pretty awesome HTML editing uh, package that we had, uh, that we had, uh, that we were selling at the time. I came through an acquisition from a company called Vermeer. Uh, and it was just a super fun internship. I got to work with some incredibly smart people. Uh, the campus was awesome. The, you know, the Puget Sound region's a beautiful place to, place to live and work. Uh, and so after that summer, I was hooked. And I went back to university. And I was like, I cannot graduate soon enough uh, and get back there. Uh, and then I came back a year later to start on Internet Explorer. Yeah, that's, that, that are really good products that I know from the past, of course. But something other that I saw while doing some research is that you were the PM of, of Arrow, right? Can you, can you tell yeah. a little bit more about that? That's that's true. So um, I, uh, I, w I was a PM on the user experience team in Windows uh, for a number of years. Uh, and it was during the period of time that we had shipped Windows XPSP2 uh, and Windows Vista. And one of the things that uh, I got to do uh, when I worked on that on that product was I was the lead program manager who uh, I was the first lead program manager for a thing called the desktop window manager uh, and that included all of our compositing capabilities uh, and the way we use hardware acceleration to actually draw desktop UI and so I got to work on the Arrow project uh, with a number of like super talented designers and engineers at the time uh, that was really exciting to kind of try to give Windows a bit of a facelift. Uh, and a lot of that stuff uh, really kind of carried forward and uh, for me, helped me you know, sort of set my direction career-wise. Uh, it's what got me into computer graphics and you know, after, after that product shipped, uh, I was excited to dig deeper in the graphics stack. Uh, and so that's how I moved to the graphics team in Windows. Uh, and I worked on 2D graphics, image processing, text, uh, and eventually uh, you know, helped the team build Direct3D, uh, Direct3D 12, uh, and uh, you know, working across PC and Xbox. Uh, and our AI platform. So some really exciting stuff over the years. Yeah, when I yeah hear that, uh, I thought that that was probably the connection as well. Uh, yeah, in the move to the WVD team, I, I remember 
when I started my career and I really started to uh, yeah to learn about desktop virtualization from the beginning and it never like lost or went away and that's probably with you as well like experience desktops everything around that so um, yeah you are now part of the WVD team for almost a year or so so can you share a little bit about that so what was the time when you joined and, and how it has been and, and how it is today sure so yeah, I started uh, in uh, right at the very beginning of the year. I think we announced the change uh, January fifteenth, um, and um, you know my the our our CVP at the time talked to me about it a little before that. But um, I started officially in January, uh, and at the time, you know, it was a really exciting time to join the team because uh, the product had just gone through the the sort of GA release right at the end of twenty nineteen, uh, and we had started bringing up. Uh, production customers with production workloads on WVD uh, in you know sort of a fully supported supported way on top of the GA release, uh, and so when I joined, you know we were just starting, uh, and they they asked me to take take ownership of the PM team because they wanted someone who could come and really help the product scale up. Uh, and I remember, you know, it was funny. My very first uh, the, the, one of the first things I did, I had a conversation with Scott Manchester, who was the outgoing GPM, and Scott said to me, Cam. If there's one thing you do that's outbound when you get started, you got to go to this IGEL disrupt uh, conference uh, in Germany because the whole everybody involved in the desktop virtualization space they're all there. Uh, and so if you know if you want to deep dive into who's uh, who's who in the space, you know go go to Germany do the thing. And that conference was in in I think it was the first week of February. It was like right right at the beginning of the year, and um, it was in Munich. Uh, and so that, that's where I got to meet you, Christian, and uh, a bunch of our global black belts and a ton of field folks, a ton of partners, uh, you know, across the like system integrators, hardware vendors, ISVs, there are all these folks that are kind of involved in the virtualization space, and all of them are now bringing their solutions to WVD. And so it was nice to kind of just dive in deep and meet everybody. And what I, what I didn't realize was coming back from Germany, you know, by the time I got back, it was, you know, second week in February, a month later, we were all sent home and every organization around the world uh, was like stepping back saying, gosh, how do I enable remote work? Uh, and, and that was when I realized I was like really in the deep end of the pool uh, because as a brand new service, we really had to scale up and scale out very, very quickly. Uh, you know, whenever you design a world scale service like this, in order to manage costs, you have a specific amount of capacity and usage in mind. And uh, the massive influx of customers really kept us on our toes, just staying ahead scalability-wise. Uh, and you know, I'm, I'm, I'm fortunate to be uh, surrounded by a team of super talented engineers who you know, rolled up their sleeves, looked at the problem, looked at you know, who was coming in, what the rate was, made sure that we were able to kind of maintain a high quality of service uh, for everybody uh, who was on the service. Uh, and then, you know, we started investing in uh, more features, more capabilities in the service just to help more organizations get bigger. Uh, so definitely, you know, a crash course, super fast uh, kind of growth, had to learn a lot in a short period of time, but I've had a blast doing it. You know, everybody in the space, they're so nice, they're so considerate, uh, the team is awesome and super talented, and so it, it's really been a blast. Yeah, and, and I can only acknowledge that feeling because I, I work just like you on a daily basis with uh, the PMs engineering team and, and they are very energized and yeah it, it's it's amazing you can only uh, do like such thing while you have a good team where you can trust and build on on right so um, but 
before we use that as a segue into yeah, what's new and, and, and take us down the road of like what has been or has been improved on the service, uh, can you share some of the numbers or something that were like happening during the pandemic? Not to be very specific, but just like to give the viewers like a feeling. Sure. Yeah. So. Um you know, we've seen just an immense amount of, of growth in usage in the service. And, uh, you know, I, I probably the, the, the best number I can point to uh, is one that was uh, shared in our earnings call uh, in the month or so. I think it was the, the in, in May or April. It was after the first quarter uh, where, you know, just in that period of time uh, from March until, uh, you know, when we had that call, we just saw like 3x growth in usage uh, and in something like, you know, I think if I remember right, it was eight or 12 weeks. It was really fast. Uh, and, um, uh, you know, that was pretty staggering uh, just, you know, to see uh, that just big influx. And it was really exciting because, you know, one of the things that happens is uh, you get a view into the diversity of customers who are using the service. Uh, and, and what we would see is, you know, every day, a new customer would on, would come online and they would just shoot to the top of number of seats uh, or monthly active users. Uh, and so, you know, we'd go from, you know, it'd be a mining company and then a healthcare company and a local government and some energy company and education, like whatever it was, uh, just kind of one leapfrogging the next. Uh, and so it was an exciting time, both from a growth perspective and just the diversity was really interesting. So Cam, can you tell us uh, just to level set everybody in case there's someone who's watching who's unsure, tell us like what WBD is and specifically what separates it from traditional VDI and RDS? Yeah, of course. Um, so Windows Virtual Desktop is a, uh, it's a, it's a service on Azure that enables you to deploy cloud-based uh, VDI environments uh, to enable remote work for your organization. Uh, and, and the neat thing about WVD, uh, when you compare it to like a traditional RDS deployment, is that a lot of the core infrastructure of connecting to your uh, virtual desktops and configuring your, your virtual desktop environment, all of that infrastructure is taken care of for you. So if you think about an on-prem deployment, you would deploy an RDSH server role, you would have maybe uh, you know a, a, an RD gateway, you would have a connection broker, you would have all of these sort of separate roles you would have to stand up and deploy and then manage uh, independently one after the other. Uh, and so what we've been working to do is really replace a lot of that with a PaaS service that just you bring your VMs, your policy, your users, your apps, uh, and you focus on what's specific to your deployment. And the work of just keeping the PaaS service up and running, managing the broker, making sure that you know uh, connections back to the host pool work the right way, all of that is handled for you by WVD. Uh, and so it's it's an exciting uh, way to simplify uh, the way you do uh, remote desktop. Yeah, simplify and sounds like a, a lot of scale happens really as the platform. Um, with that in mind, how about some recent updates and maybe a demo or two? Yeah, sure. I'd, I'd love to. I'd love to share some with you. So, um, yeah, you know, we've we've been working very hard over the last roughly year uh, since we launched to just keep improving the service and make sure that uh, organizations have what they need when they come online and start using the service as as we've grown alongside our usage. Um, and I I would kind of point to a couple examples. Uh, the first is uh, the work we've done to make deploying Windows Virtual Desktop easier for, for organizations. Uh, you know, probably our top point, one of our top points of feedback 
you know, when we launched in uh, at the end of the year in 2019, was the whole process was very technical. It was very command line, uh, and you know, there was no user friendly way to not kind of just get in and configure the service. And so, in our spring update, which uh, went GA uh, right at the end of the summer, uh, we added two really big things. We added uh, the ability to go and uh, create and manage a WVD environment from the Azure portal. And then we made all of the underlying API and objects that, that are used to manage it, uh, we made them all based on the ARM infrastructure that's already in Azure. And so that gave us a lot of really great uh, opportunities to just integrate with other services in Azure. And we continue to build on that uh, as we go. So. Uh, here on the screen, I have uh, a quick demo. This is just a quick look at the Azure portal. Uh, and you can see there's this uh, really easy to use wizard uh, that kind of just gives you a view of, of how you get set up. You uh, can It sets up your host pool. You pick a golden image and you say, here's the image I want. Uh, and you set up your network environment. And uh, you know, boom, you're done. You've got, uh, you've got an environment uh, up and running. Uh, so that's an exciting thing. Uh, one of the other things that uh, I'm really excited about is just the way that we've followed the growth of our customer usage around the world. Uh, when we launched uh, a, a year ago, we launched as a worldwide service. You could put uh, your VMs in any Azure region. Uh, and then we deployed optimizations uh, in five regions where we just had the most customer usage. And we've really seen that usage spread. And so you can see on the map uh, on the screen here, we actually now have a ton more regions where we've deployed where we've deployed. We have a ton more regions where we have deployed optimizations uh, to improve latency for those end users who are uh, picking up using the service and wanting to uh, kind of get faster response times, uh, faster connection times to their VMs. So that, that's been uh, a really exciting thing. Um, and another thing I can point to in, in this area of kind of regional growth is uh, we brought online our, um, our, our preview of uh, using Windows Virtual Desktop in uh, the uh, Azure's uh, US Gov, uh, US United States government region. Uh, and that's a pretty exciting thing uh, for organizations that are uh, looking to serve their end users in that environment, uh, which is obviously like a, you know, sort of a, a pretty exciting new area. And so that's in preview now, uh, and you know, that'll, that'll uh, GA uh, when it's ready. Um, so some really great growth uh, sort of geographically. Uh, the other cool thing is just when I look at getting started, I talked about uh, the portal and you know how uh, now that we have the portal, uh, you can walk in and there's a pretty user-friendly UI. There are some folks who, who don't want to uh, kind of go through all the details there, and they really want just a templated way to, to get up and running. Uh, and so for those folks, we, uh, we've built this thing, uh, which is our uh, Windows Virtual Desktop Quick Start. And what this does is it actually sets up an Azure DevOps pipeline for deploying your environment. Uh, and so with this thing, you know, you can get get up and running very, very quickly. Uh, it's you know minutes of on keyboard time and a couple hours of just deployment time, and you've got an environment up, and you can start putting your users in, start uh, you know adding your apps, and and really getting folks uh, up and running. Uh, this thing is is really exciting, uh, both for a quick deployment and even if you just want to kick the tires, it's a great way to to learn about it. And one more thing I just want to share with you is uh, the work we've done to improve latency and performance when you're using Microsoft Teams with Windows Virtual Desktop. We have a ton of organizations that want to enable real-time communication in their virtual desktop environments. And uh, we've worked really hard to really improve the experience for that. And so what we've done here is we've actually 
moved the work of encoding and decoding audio and video in the Teams call out of the virtual machines down into the clients. And so what happens is uh, when you make a Teams call with Windows Virtual Desktop, your two clients will make a WebRTC connection between them and all of the pixel traffic and audio traffic will go directly between the endpoints. And that just makes for a much more natural and uh, comfortable calling experience without latency waiting for people to hear what you said or for uh, it to come through. Yeah, that's, that's really cool. And as well, like a pivotal uh, product during this pandemic. But can you show something about that, like performance improvement? Oh, absolutely. So, you know, the perf win here is, is very large. Uh, and so here's just an example uh, of a measurement we made uh, on a VM with the team's optimizations before they were installed and then after we enabled them. And you can see it's a pretty dramatic uh, reduction in CPU utilization when you use the optimizations. Going from 12% to between 1% to 2%, uh, you, really, you really get a win there. And what that win translates into is better density. So you can have more custom, more end users on the same virtual machine uh, and reduce your overall uh, VM utilization. And, and that saves costs and it's a great way to kind of really take advantage of the capabilities you get with Windows 10 Enterprise Multi-Session, which is exclusive to Windows Virtual Desktop. Yeah, that's that's really amazing. So yeah, thanks to uh, yeah update the viewers, of course, but uh... Yeah, Ignite is around the corner. Can you share a little bit of what they can expect or uh, what kind of breakout sessions uh, are uh, like at Ignite? Can you share something? Absolutely. So uh, there's there's a handful of things that we have in the works for Ignite. Of course, you know we've saved a bunch of really exciting product announcements uh, that we're going to roll out. So tune in for those. Uh, but we have a handful of sessions. We're going to do an overview where we talk a little bit about kind of the state of the world with WVD, and we'll talk through some of our new product announcements there. Uh, we have a breakout session that's really focused on security and how you can use Azure Security Center and Windows Defender alongside Windows Virtual Desktop to get kind of a 360 view of how you can deploy and secure Windows Virtual Desktop and really have confidence about the environment that you're, uh, that you're building. Uh, and then we have a, a great session that goes into a lot of the nuts and bolts of how you can deploy and manage uh, a Windows Virtual Desktop environment. So, so some pretty cool sessions uh, and, and announcements coming. I'm excited for Ignite. Yeah, so if this not makes you excited to register for Ignite, I, I should definitely encourage you uh, to, uh, to do so. So besides the updates and the new things that are coming and, and announced during Ignite, uh, what, uh, what do you expect that the service will do from today and a year or so, because it is like the demand is already amazing, but yeah, um, we are just getting started probably. So what's your feeling uh, about that? Well, yeah, I'm, I'm super excited for to see how the service grows and I definitely expect the service to continue to grow. Uh, you know, from a work perspective, the big thing that we're looking at now is how do we make it easier for customers to scale up their deployments and to manage their scale deployments more effectively using the um, using Windows Virtual Desktop's native capabilities. Uh, and so, you know, when you look at when once you've got uh, a very large de deployment with, you know, thousands or tens of thousands of customers on it, of end users on it, the set of tools and the set of kind of uh, overall um, capabilities you're looking for to ensure a really high quality of service for your organization, those change a bit. And so we're investing a great deal in advances in our capabilities to make that possible. Okay, yeah, that's that's amazing. So the energy level within Microsoft uh, 
yeah, keeps raising up around desktop virtualization. Um, that's uh, that's great. Yeah, definitely. It's it's been exciting to see the growth and see how the company's just been willing to invest more and more over time uh, in this scenario. So, Cam, we've talked about virtual desktop and scaling, and I know one of the value props is that WVD can be accessed from any device. Does this mean the end of the fat client in favor of the web browser? I, I love that question, and that, that's one I actually get more often than you'd think. Um, I don't think so. I, you know, I think it just speaks to the flexibility and diversity of work uh, these days. You know, you you definitely see people trying to get work done in all kinds of new environments. Uh, and you know, even before the pandemic hit, we saw a great deal of kind of explosion in mobility and folks kind of looking at different form factors to work with. Uh, and then you know, now with folks working from home, there's another dimension to that. Um, and so you know, I think really what I've seen is two things. Like one, there's a set of things that used to be reserved for a thick client that you know people just really need to be able to make possible anywhere. Uh, and uh, you know, being able to get at um, a rich Windows desktop environment from any device, that's definitely a win, uh, whether it's through a browser or through through some of the rich clients that we ship. But then you know there are situations where the rich client really does have uh, a ton of advantage. Uh, and you know if you think about the description of our how our uh, AV redirection works uh, with Microsoft Teams, that's a great example of how you know we're using the the rich APIs and the capabilities that are in the client uh, to do something pretty unique. Uh, and and those sorts of things, I think they're really only possible if you can make changes in the client, in the control plane, and in the VM itself. And so being able to optimize things end to end to really ensure a great experience and and great efficiency, that's uh, that's a thing that's not going to go away. Uh, and so we're going to keep innovating in all of our clients, including the HTML5 client, uh, as we go forward, because I, I think just the usage is going to keep going. So. Before we end up, um, so great conversation, and we definitely need to point uh, like a new moment to uh, yeah, rediscover and, and, and do and check all the things that we uh, covered today and all the things that are coming. But just to keep up uh, after post Ignite, what can like the viewers and the customers, uh, the partners, what can they do to keep up? Is there a public roadmap or something? Uh, yeah, so we do have a public roadmap on the M365 uh, roadmap site, uh, and I think there's one link to on the Azure site as well. Uh, and you know, the best thing to do is to go to uh, aka.ms/learnwvd. Uh, that's where our learning path is, uh, and check out the quick start at aka.ms/wvdquickstart. Both of those things are uh, great resources to get started, to stay in touch, and to just sort of connect with the latest information. Okay, so thanks for the great tips. Thanks for being our first guest. It's a real honor, and yeah, Thank we you. hope to see you uh, to see you next in another episode. So thanks, and yeah, see you soon. Awesome! It's been great. See you soon. <laughs>